Welcome to the Autism Empowerment Podcast, your source for acceptance, enrichment, inspiration, and empowerment in autistic and autism communities worldwide. Wherever you identify in your autism or autistic journey, Autism Empowerment is here to meet you along the way. We're an autistic-led podcast, 501c3 nonprofit charity, and publisher of Spectrum Life magazine. In today's episode, we're previewing the winter 2021 issue of Spectrum Life magazine. We'll be talking about inclusion, mental health, and occasions where adversity led to autistic and disability rights advocacy. And we'll be sharing some holiday cheer autism empowerment style. Let's get going. And we're back in the studio. Happy winter to you, my podcasting partner. Hello, John. You are in a cheery mood. How can I not be in a cheery mood? This is our quarterly preview show of our upcoming winter issue of Spectrum Life magazine. And as always, I'm happy to be here with you and our listeners. Well, John, I am loving your positive feelings, and I want to feed off of that as well. That sounds good. So hello to our podcast friends and listeners out there. Thank you so much for joining us here today for the Autism Empowerment Podcast. We are back. My name is Karen Krejcia, and I am the Executive Director and Co-Founder of Autism Empowerment and one of your regular hosts. I'm here with my husband, John Krejcia, who is our Programs Director and other co-founder. Today is our behind-the-scenes preview of the Winter 2021 issue of Spectrum Life magazine. I'm now going to turn this over to John, who will be asking questions, sharing in the discussion, and helping us stay on track. I'm happy to keep an eye on the time for us today and keeping us on track. Since spring of this year, we've been doing preview shows of each incoming issue of Spectrum Moth Magazine. You are correct. Since our spring 2021 issue came out in March, we've been doing either preview shows, overview shows, or a combination of the two. Our initial thinking was that a lot of our podcast listeners might not be magazine readers, And also that our magazine readers might not know about our podcast, so we wanted to connect both audiences together to give a sample of the different types of content we offer in each format. Some of the benefits of doing a podcast episode about the magazine are that people learn what kind of stories and topics we're featuring in each issue. We also have the opportunity to share fun facts and interesting behind-the-scenes details that they wouldn't learn otherwise since there's only so much space in a print publication. So you know I'm all about the fun facts, right? You're all about the fun facts. When is the next issue coming in, and when can people expect they can pick it up? Thank you for asking. So I have great news. The winter 2021 issue is actually currently out. The distribution throughout Washington and Oregon is now complete, Subscribers' issues have been mailed, and the blog article and the magazine e-zine version is online as well. Well, to be fully transparent, I knew already that the magazine was out, and I just wanted you to share the news. Thank you, John. That's pretty funny. Thank you for your transparency. Of course, as the person who actually physically does the in-person distribution, you've had the opportunity to see firsthand how businesses in our area have been closed down and then opened up over the past couple of years. With your delivery this time, do you have any observations to share? Well, a lot more places are, are now open and taking the magazine. Right before the pandemic started, we were right around 550 or so distributions points. And then during the pandemic, it went down to around 350, 300. And with this particular issue, we'll be at 556 locations, which is our most ever. 
Oh, that's great. It's nice to know that the magazine can still expand its impact, even though it's been a challenging time in our lives. And it's interesting because a lot of places are still closed to the magazine, such as a lot of hospitals and medical facilities. So once those things are back up and running, we'll even have a bigger reach. That's true. And I know we get a lot of requests for additional expansion into those places. So that's something we're always open to as well. Of course, this time I remember something actually interesting. You were stopped for your deliveries by something completely different. I was completely stopped, and it was twice. And what would that be that you were stopped by? Geese. Geese. Yes, geese. Geese. A geese brigade? (laughs) That is very clever. Yes, uh, you could call it a geese brigade. So it's interesting that you say a geese brigade. That's pretty hard to say for me, but (laughs) we'll go with that. And it not only happened once, it happened twice. Two geese brigades? Yes. The first time when I was in Beaverton, I was coming down the road and the traffic was stopped and the geese were blocking the other road of traffic. And I went on to do my delivery and I was coming back and the geese were still there blocking traffic. Why did the geese cross the road? It probably was trying to get to the other side, I would think. (laughs) That was great. But the second time happened two days later when I was in Salem and another uh, geese brigade apparently decided to barricade my way as well. Barricade your way? Was it a gaggle of geese? (laughs) It, It was very good. It was a gaggle of geese. And just for our listeners to know, no geese were harmed in the distribution of Spectrum Life magazine. Oh, no. We're animal lovers here. In fact, I will put pictures up on our Autism Empowerment Podcast.org website showing the Geese Brigade. So moving on from the Geese Brigade, I just Mm -hmm. like saying that. Where can people find a copy of Spectrum Life magazine? We know it's in Beaverton and Salem now. We do. Oh, by the way, one quick question. Sure. Sorry, I just have to ask. When the geese were crossing the road, were they crossing at a geese crossing sign? Well, I looked and there was no geese crossing sign, but there was no policeman to arrest them. <laughs> Goose on the loose. <laughs> Ba-dum-bum-tsh. Okay, so to answer your question and to spare our listeners any more torment, if you live in Washington or Oregon, you can check out our spectrumlife.org website under the find a copy section to find where you can pick up our most current issue. You can also subscribe there, and you can also read the electronic version of the magazine online or individual blog articles. So let's dive right in and start going over this issue. But first, let's talk about the festive cover that we have. Who's on the cover and why? I would be happy to share that. Thank you so much for asking. It is a festive cover, and it features Janelle Theobald, a neurodivergent teenager who founded her own nonprofit organization in Oregon called Let's Peer Up. It's not often that you meet a teenager who's so passionate about a cause that they start their own nonprofit. And the interesting thing about how the cover story came about is that Janelle was introduced to us by Mara McLaughlin, who is the founder of IRL Social Skills in Real Life Social Skills, which happened to be the cover story from our fall 2021 issue. Once we got to know about all the great advocacy work Janelle has done to support mental health for youth with disabilities, we knew she'd make an awesome fit for the winter cover, and the article inside is tremendous. Thanks for going over that. Now let's jump into the From the Publisher section, which is, I believe, on page four. Thank you, John. 
In every issue of our magazine on page four, I write a welcome and introduction to that issue's articles in my From the Publisher column. It's usually about 300 to 350 words and includes my thoughts from a personal perspective as well as from a parental and professional lens. My goal each time is to try and briefly weave together how that particular issue is laid out and comes together. This time around, we had a unique statistic to share. It was the first time that we had ever released two winter issues in the same year, and that was due to the pandemic. Our issue, which should have come out in December of 2020, was pushed to January 2021. Also somewhat unique to this issue is that almost every article that was submitted came into us at over the anticipated word count. It was well over the word count that we requested. (laughs) Yeah, in some cases, way over. I trimmed some here and there, and a couple of the articles ended up having extended versions on our website. However, we decided that because the content that we received was so important, it was okay if we had one or two less articles this time around, as long as the articles that we did have had rich content that our readers were going to want to learn about. Also, what I love about this particular issue is that as you read each piece, there's a consistent theme of our writers and our interviewees turning big challenges and adversities they've had in their lives or in the lives of their children into the kind of advocacy and activity that makes our world a more welcoming and inclusive place for all. Did you know there's a fun fact about 2021 as well? I'm sure there's many fun facts about 2021, but did you want to share one in particular? This is the first time we ever had five issues in the same year. That's true. That is true. As a quarterly publication to have five issues, that's confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's move on. Let's go to our first section, which is advocacy. Okay. The first was an interview that you did with Janelle Theobald and her nonprofit, Let's Peer Up. Janelle brings a perspective to the magazine that we haven't had before in any of our interviews. We like to shine a light on people from different backgrounds and circumstances who are doing incredible things. Janelle comes from a multicultural background. Her mom is a first-generation immigrant, and some of her dad's ancestors can be traced all the way back to the Mayflower. That's a fun fact just in and of itself. That's an interesting fact, I thought. As Janelle describes it, she was born with both physical and mental disabilities. In addition to being diagnosed autistic at age five, she was born with a congenital eye defect that prevents her from opening her eyes all the way. You may notice that when you look at her picture on the cover of the magazine. Growing up, she learned academic stuff really easily, but she struggled with social and behavioral aspects, and unfortunately, she was bullied a lot. By fifth grade, she had switched among seven different schools, and unfortunately, it wasn't until that time that she had found her first real friend. But fortunately, Janelle didn't let that stop her. She found a lot of acceptance and fun at a summer program called Camp Meadowood Springs, an outdoor summer camp experience that had a focus on speech and language skills for students with communication disorders. It was a place she ended up attending over four different years during elementary school, and it was during that time that she began to realize that she wanted to help and advocate for other children who were neurodivergent like she was. Can you tell us a little bit about where Janelle is now? Yes, Janelle is now a ninth grader living in Beaverton, Oregon. When she isn't doing her advocacy work, she enjoys reading, writing, art, graphic design, and music. I don't want to give too much away about the article because I really do want you to read it, but I want to share enough to entice you to check it out. So here's a few things that I will share. 
Let's Peer Up, first of all. That's the name of her nonprofit organization. And it started as a nonprofit when Janelle was in middle school. Now, John, you and I know what it's like to start a nonprofit organization. It takes a lot of work and effort. It does take a lot of work and effort. And we're adults. Imagine starting a 501c3 nonprofit organization back when you were a teen. To me, that's inspirational in and of itself. Yes, it is. Originally, when she started the nonprofit, it was to be able to help peers find friends. So elementary school kids, middle school kids to be able to find friends. But then there was a program called Best Buddies that came into their area. So she shifted from that. And now her focus is on advocating for equal representation of people with disabilities. Her advocacy issues focus on diversity, not only on racial diversity, but neurodiversity. And she has an emphasis on mental health support, particularly for youth. Although, quite frankly, I know that she's advocating for mental health support for anyone with disabilities. She actually convinced the city that she lives in to establish an American with Disabilities Act Technical Advisory Committee. They didn't have one. That's going to be starting in January of 2022. She is a powerhouse in our area. And if you read the article and see who she has spoken to, you will see this. One thing I know for sure is that she is looking for other youth, teens, adults, and advisors to join in the cause because this is something that is bigger than just let's peer up. A lot of people need to come together to find more mental health support and services. So email her at letspeerup at gmail.com if you're a mental health advocate or if you're interested in advocacy and want to get involved in some way. And she'll be able to talk with you a little bit more about that. She definitely is a powerhouse. And now moving on to Lifespan, another powerhouse. We're starting out with a new autistic writer for Spectrum Life magazine, Becca Laurie Hector. Yes, and although Becca is new to Spectrum Life, she's written for a variety of autism and neurodivergent publications and blogs. Becca's feature was this issue's Stories from the Spectrum, Autism from an Autistic Perspective series feature, and that's a feature that we have in all of our issues. I think this piece will be very interesting for adults who were diagnosed later in life like myself, as well as for young adults who might be interested in finding support and mentoring to move beyond surviving to thriving. Becca was diagnosed at age 36, and the beginning part of the article shares some of her thoughts and feelings on that revelation and the process afterward of rediscovering herself from that new autistic lens. It became a journey of self-discovery, which ended up in an autistic epiphany where she was able to thrive and create the life of her dreams, one she did not need a vacation from. And I love that line. I loved the thought of living a life you don't need a vacation from because goodness knows a lot of us experience autistic burnout. We're overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, all of those different things. And to know that we could use tools and techniques and things that could help us better organize ourselves so that we could enjoy life daily and be regulated, I'm all for that. So I really loved that line about the vacation. But what I love even more is that Becca is doing coaching and training to help other autistic people live what she calls a self-defined life. One of our end goals at Autism Empowerment is to be able to help empower people to thrive. So check out Becca's article and also check out BeccaLaurie.com. 
because she offers a webinar series, articles, and a lot more help and support there, including a virtual course called Self-Defined Living, A Path to a Quality Autistic Life. It's nice that she's giving back to our community, just like Janelle. Now, the next one in lifespan is Ask Spectrum Life. Can you tell our listeners more about what this column is all about? Yes. Typically, the Ask Spectrum Life column covers frequently asked questions that come in where the answers would be applicable to a significant number of readers. So oftentimes, the column involves resources or giving people a heads up about a service or program they might qualify for that they're unaware of. An example of topics we've covered in the past could be employment, housing, transportation, that kind of thing. For this issue, did you do something special, which I know you did? (laughs) Yes, I did. So it really isn't a very well-kept secret that many of us who are autistic have the tendency to listen to the same songs over and over again on loop. Do you mean like Christmas music being played the day after Thanksgiving and still going? Well, that would be one example, yes. Especially if it's given our preference. Does that ever happen? (laughs) In our household, of course. Now, when it comes to holiday music, the radio stations help accommodate us. They actually have a very small playlist of songs that they play over and over again. So anyway, one of the things I personally love doing and can't help but do is write song parodies in my head to different songs. So this time I thought what might be kind of fun for the magazine is to add some lightness to the season, and I adapted a few holiday songs to reflect thoughts about our community. I mean, this is like a big gift with a big bow on it for our community, right? Are you putting gift in quotes as sarcasm, or are you No, sincere? absolutely not. I love your, your singing and your witticisms. Ah, okay, yeah. So it's meant to be fun. It's meant to add a little bit of humor, and if it's something that people like, then I will come up with more next year. So would you be willing to sing to our listeners one of the songs that you wrote? (laughs) Absolutely. I'm up for a little fun. Now understand this is going to be acapella. And if I don't scare people away, I think it would be fun to actually record these to music and video and maybe do something like what the Holderness family does, which if you are Gen X, you might know who they are. They do a lot of song parody videos. Anyway, I am happy to give it a shot. So this song is sung to the tune of I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. Okay. So it's called instead it's called I'm preparing for the IEP. Oh, nice play on words there. (laughs) Okay, so that kind of gives you an idea. It's just an ode to the things that parents go through when they're preparing for IEPs for their kids. So being the parent of two children on the spectrum, being on the spectrum myself, I just thought I'd throw a little humor into this. And if you've ever done an IEP yourself, hopefully you can relate to some of this and know it's all in good fun. Wow, these procedural safeguards are confusing. I'm preparing for the IEP, meeting that will accommodate my child. I might need a little wine or some help from the divine. To get this thing just right, I doubt I'll get much sleep tonight. The jargon and acronyms bewilder me. 
I D E A L R E and Fape. They say I'm a mama bear, but the truth is I just care. I want my child to thrive and shine their light. I've got a binder full of procedural safeguards. I do. It's true. I get a new copy each time, and I'm gonna get informed consent. Oh, I'm preparing for the IEP. Got all my rights law books here by my side. From emotions to advocacy and all about IEPs, I've got my degree in LRE tonight. From emotions to advocacy and all about IEPs, I've got my degree in LRE tonight. I did. I did. I really did learn the acronyms: least restrictive environment, free and appropriate education, individualized education program, Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Never stop advocating. Wow, that was wow. <laughs> Yes, that was a big present with a big bow on it. Okay, I know that wow was in quotes. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize, I apologize. Okay, but it it was was fun. Come on. It was fantastic. Get a little bit of music behind it. Get that little wine and some help from the divine, and I could probably get it on key. So, yeah. You did great. Thank you. Could you see it as a yearly thing? I could. I'm looking for volume two next year. Yeah. You know what I'm hoping? I am hoping that people will have a good sense of humor about this and we can put the lyrics out there and we could do some. And have people record it and yes. send in their videos. Do some karaoke, do some videos. Actually, I know some professional musicians and maybe I could have some people record this and we could get it out there. There you go. Send it over to Wright's Law since those books that I mentioned in the song were legitimate books. I actually have those and I used those when I was preparing for the IEP. That's another fun fact. Indeed. Indeed. All of these fun facts today. Okay. I thank you, John. The next section in the magazine, which is recreation, is going to be passed over to you because, John, you did an interview with G. Cody Q.J. Goldberg, who's the founder and executive director of Harper's Playground. Well, thanks, Karen, for passing that back to me. Yes, I did. And I have to say, I surely learned a lot about both the uh, nonprofit and um, what's ADA accessible and what's really truly accessible as far as playgrounds are concerned. I hope our listeners will read this article no matter where they live because it's really applicable for any place. Portland or Miami, San Diego, New York City, Paris, wherever. It's pretty much a really great article to learn about accessibility and what's really important as far as inclusion goes. Harper's Playground is not just an article about the nonprofit or a playground. It's really much more than that. It's about inclusion. It's about how important play is and about how inclusion should go beyond the playground. Well, that sounds really amazing. And I was hoping you might share a little bit more of the backstory. Oh, absolutely. So Harper's Playground is named for Harper Goldberg, the founder's daughter. She inspired the name for the playground in the summer of 2009 when she and her little yellow walker were trying to access a play structure. The play structure was technically ADA accessible, but 
it really wasn't because her walker got stuck in the wood chips. From there, that inspired Cody and his wife to do something more about it. The name was chosen because it almost immediately tells the story of Harper and her struggle to access play. Cody is a big believer in the power of storytelling as it illustrates a point and it can inspire people to action. And that's what really what they're looking to do is inspire people to action. Harper's story is about inspiration and determination. I love that, John. And one of the things that I thought was really unique about Harper's Playground is it's more than just the name of a nonprofit. It's named after a young girl, but the nonprofit is so much more. They think about themselves in a variety of ways. They absolutely do. So first, as a nonprofit, what they're trying to create is an inclusive world, one playground at a time. I think that's pretty great. It's neat because there actually is literally a place named Harper's Playground, which is within Arbor Lodge Park in North Portland. And I think that was their first project and is distinctive as the only one that carries that Harper's Playground name. That's correct. Harper's Playground is also a unique set of design standards, which they offer as consulting. And lastly, but I think the most important part is they feel themselves as a movement to make the world a more inclusive place for everybody. There was so much information to share with the article. This is another one that kind of went long when it first came in, and there was so much amazing content. We actually have an extended version online. I was personally moved by the whole story, and I do hope people are moved as well. I know that there's a fun fact alert with that. There is a fun fact alert with that. Some people may have noticed that when we did the introduction of the executive director, it was G. Cody, Q.J. Goldberg. Yes, Cody really has four first names. This is a fun fact, and his first name is Garfield, Cody, Quentin, Jeffrey, Goldberg. There is a backstory to each of those names. So there is a backstory to each of the names, and if you Google it, you'll find that out as well. Now, that actually is pretty fun. I can only imagine what that must have been like growing up. I know we didn't get a chance to mention this, but Harper's Playground, there have been all sorts of different playgrounds using their model, and they're all over the place. So you'll see pictures of those and descriptions of those too, as well in the article and online. Thank you for mentioning that. In fact, there's a pretty cool one that's actually overseas as well. So moving on to education, the first article was an interview that you did. Yes, thanks, John. The first article was about Wiscarson Law and Diane Wiscarson. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with Diane, Diane Wiscarson has been writing for Spectrum Life magazine since spring of 2017. And we thought it would be interesting for the people that we serve to learn Diane's personal backstory and find out what drives her and her team at Wiscarson Law to advocate and fight for students and their families since their specialty is special education law. In this article, as similar with the one about Harper's Playground, it took a negative experience, in this case with a local school system during an IEP meeting, that lit a fire underneath Diane to go into special education law. An important takeaway for me from this was the reminder that it's often the low adverse experiences that we face that drive us to use our strengths or even to find strengths that we didn't even realize we had to make meaningful change. And I wonder, John, I think if that IEP meeting had gone well, or maybe if it had just even been neutral, 
who knows if there would have been a Wisconsin law firm filled with special education law attorneys that have been advocating for families in Oregon and Washington now for over 20 years. And if that didn't happen, then you wouldn't have all of these people have served and really have been affected and had their lives bettered by some of the cases that she's been involved in. Yeah, it, it is really a truly a butterfly effect. And that's important because in the article, Diane talks about some of the landmark cases she's been involved with in Washington and Oregon. And those have had a big impact within the special education community. As you mentioned, Diane and her team have been doing articles in each issue around education since 2017. What was her article about this time for Spectrum Life magazine? So this time she switched it up a little bit. But before I get into that, I actually have a fun fact. You'd have a fun fact for us? Do tell. Yes, I figured I would let people know about the first article that Diane and her team ever wrote for us. It was called Autism Service Animals Required in the IEP. Not it was about which law applies on whether you can bring autism service animals to school. ADA or IDEA or both or neither. So that was an interesting article. All of Diane's articles are on the website for you to be able to check out. And most of them are evergreen. They're timeless to be able to be applicable to you now. So feel free to check those out after the show. That sure was a fun fact. And the cool thing was that you got to mention different acronyms. I did. (laughs) We love acronyms here. Yes. That was incredible. I have my degree in LRE. Very mm-hmm. good. So back to the article. So in the past, the topics that Diane and her team write about generally serve people that are in the kindergarten through 12th grade age range. With this article, she diverts it a little bit and takes on the topic of accessing accommodations in higher education and what that might look like since IEPs, Individualized Education Programs, And 504 plans don't go with students from high school to college. So this gives a little bit of an insight in advance on what students and parents can expect, a little bit about disability services, what the laws and rules are there. And it's a helpful planner in terms of people who are considering education after high school. It was nice that we were able to support young adults who were headed off to college or universities and are meeting their needs and some additional supports. Our next section is health and wellness. Our first article is from Dr. Anson Service, who's also known as... Neurodivergent Doctor! Yes, so Dr. Service has been writing for Spectrum Life magazine since our spring 2021 issue, and this is his fourth article he's written for us. Neurodivergent Doctor is the moniker that he uses for his YouTube channel, his educational website, and other social media like TikTok, where he shares personal and professional perspectives around autism and ADHD. Not only is he literally a neurodivergent doctor, he's a psychologist and mental health counselor, and he's on a mission to educate neurodivergent friends and allies about things pertaining to neurodiversity. In this particular article, which is called The World is Disordered, Flipping the Script on This Neurotypical Society, he discusses the main points from one of his YouTube videos, Autism, The New View, and addresses three main points. The first is, how is autism typically presented and viewed by the world? The second is, what are the problems with this pathological and deficit-based model? 
And third, what might it look like to be a healthy autistic person? Wow face, that's a lot of ground to cover. Yes, it is. And there is a lot more of it in the article. Wait, there's more? Oh, was this one of those long articles as well? <laughs> yes. So we have an extended version that's on the website, but really, as I mentioned, it was coming from a YouTube video, which was about, I don't know, 20 minutes in length. Don't quote me on that, but it was a pretty long piece. So we couldn't put all of that in the magazine, but there's enough in it to give a good taste of what Dr. Service is talking about. So to flip the script and help people who are not neurodiverse, in other words, people who are neurotypical or not autistic, better understand what it's like to have their traits categorized or pathologized, he comes up in jest with a diagnosis called neurotypical social cognitive disorder and describes what that might look like when viewed from, let's just say, a judgmental angle. Now, that's funny. And this was all done in satire? Yeah, yeah, it is. Let me just give a couple examples. For example, someone experiencing neurotypical social cognitive disorder becomes distressed when alone, cannot entertain themselves well, and seeks out validation with compliments. They prefer eye contact and pointless small talk. They're taught that by providing small bits of untruthful information to others, that's considered polite, and they constantly seek praise from others through social media. Now again, this is made up and done in good humor and isn't meant to hurt any feelings or insult people in any way. But the idea is to get people to stop and think of how harmful it can be to look at certain differences as deficits that have to be changed. The really empowering parts of the article are truly the sections that highlight different strengths that many autistic people have and also give an example of what an awesome day might look like for a person on the autism spectrum who would be well-supported and well-regulated and have their needs met. And that's really the whole point of the thing is that when the world looks at us as if we're disordered and that there's a lot that's wrong with us, we can't thrive because we're constantly being bombarded with this negative messaging. And so how about we flip the script and how about we change things and how about we speak up for ourselves? So go ahead and check that out as well as the YouTube video. He does an excellent job with the visuals with that. And I think you'll enjoy his messaging. We'll link to both in our show notes. Thank you so much for that, Karen. And next in that section was from our good friend, Ryan Lockhart, where he rounds out the section with yoga for every body. Caught that play on words? Yes, I did. Yes, indeed. We are clever at Spectrum Life and Autism Empowerment. Yes. Ryan Lockhart is our health and wellness columnist from Specialty Athletic Training. And in this article, he shares the byline with Galen Tory Fairbanks. Galen is a yoga instructor who currently offers a series of virtual yoga classes through specialty athletic training. She shares in the article how yoga can be helpful for all people in feeling better in their bodies, calmer in their minds, and more connected to their communities. I really love how inclusive yoga can be. And in Galen's experience, students of all ability levels have responded really well to the social aspect of class, playful and inclusive breath work and movement, and the self-soothing practices. 
After class, most students express feeling calm and in less physical pain than they were before class. Also, the consistency and predictability of meeting each week at the same time with the same group and repeating the same postures gives a chance for students to feel connected and safe with each other and also in their own bodies. People are better able to socially engage and look and listen, mirror emotions with others and not be anxious. What I liked also as someone who's never tried yoga before is that you don't have to have experience or a certain level of fitness or knowledge to participate. It's really, truly yoga for everybody. I thought it was really helpful to have the pictures of the different poses in the magazine, and that I thought was very helpful. Oh, absolutely. And she gives our readers instructions as well. You don't need to be a gymnast what? to no, attempt these. What? No, not you No. And there are simple poses, there, and you can use a chair, you can lay on the floor. There's three different poses. One was bumblebee breath. There was a tree pose and a stonehenge pose. I encourage our listeners to check it out. So if you're interested, Galen's next five-week session with specialty athletic training starts Sunday, January 2nd, 2022. And because it's virtual, it's available all around the country so everyone can participate. There's information on registration in the article, and it'll also be in our show notes. Thank you so much for that, Karen. And now on to therapy, our last section. Yes, this is where you interviewed Dr. Anson Service about the mental health practice he founded, Adventure Psychological Services. Yes, I did. Anson has been a wonderful ally for those within the autistic and neurodivergent communities. He really works well to get to know people and their concerns within our community. Adventure Psychological started in 2013 in the basement of a building in downtown Vancouver. They quickly outgrew that location as more clinicians wanted to join the group. Now they practice in another building in Hazeldell in Vancouver. Most of the clinicians are independent and enjoy the camaraderie and support of being in that group. It's nice that they have multiple clinicians there. People are always asking us where they can find assessment and diagnosis, particularly for teens and adults. I know that Dr. Service does assessments himself, and there's a number of other clinicians that do that too, right? Yes, you're correct. They offer psychological assessments and diagnoses, generally for ages 13 plus, including autism and ADHD assessments, as well as counseling and medication management. They offer both in-person and telehealth services. They also welcome people from all intersecting backgrounds, including BIPOC and all BGDQ communities. I know that finding practitioners who are neurodivergent themselves can often be a challenge. Not everybody feels comfortable being openly autistic or openly neurodivergent. I respect that Dr. Service admits to that. And I know that he wants people who are neurodivergent to be able to have those assessments. So on his website at neurodivergentdoctor.com, he's curated a growing list of mental health providers that take people seriously who would like to be assessed for autism and ADHD. He really aims to help people from all over. Oh, he sure does. That's something I really liked about him. And it's a theme I've seen throughout the issue as well. People who are using their strengths, gifts, as well as their own life experiences to help other people. The richness of Dr. Anson's backstory and others in this issue have really made the whole magazine a joy to work with this time. The issue is sure a gift for our community. And just like your song is wrapped with a big bow. Oh, that's so sweet. It's a gift for us too. 
when we have the opportunity to learn from the people that are featured in the magazine. Speaking of gift, I also wanted to highlight the colorful, cheerful holiday theme throughout the magazine and give a big thanks to our amazing graphic designer, Dave Bourne. Our magazine's not only educational to read, but it's a joy for the eyes as well. It sure is. But before we leave today, if someone wants to pick up this present or this copy and have the copy mailed to them, how can they do that with a subscription? If you'd like to get a copy mailed to your home, we have a subscription option available on our website for $20 a year in the United States. Now, the magazine you'll see on the cover says free. The $20 is really the cost of shipping and handling for the four issues. We also have an electronic version of the magazine as well as individual blogs up on the website. If you live outside of the United States, you might prefer using the electronic version of the magazine. But if you do want that print copy, feel free to drop us a line and we can get a quote for you. This has been our fourth preview show. And so I really enjoy spending time today with our listeners and with you, Karen. Thank you so much for letting people know more about what's coming. Speaking of which, do you have a teaser for what's coming maybe early next year? I believe I know what you're talking about, and I can't officially do that just yet. Not yet, can we? Not yet. (laughs) But what I can say is that in early 2022, as early as January. It'll it'll be like a New Year's gift. mm, Shortly after that. But yeah, pretty close. First couple weeks, by the middle of the month, we're going to have a pretty big announcement. And it involves the expansion of content for both the Autism Empowerment website and Spectrum Life magazine, as well as the Autism Empowerment podcast. And it's going to be beyond anything you've ever seen or heard before. We are excited. We are super, super excited. Yes, we are. So before I completely turn this over for your final thoughts, I would like to thank our listeners for tuning in today and again for you, Karen, for spending the time with me. Well, John, it has been an absolute pleasure. I had an awesome time with you today. It has been quite a year. It wasn't the year that we expected, but it was the year that we were given. I am delighted to be back doing podcasts with you, even though our schedule for this has not been what we expected. It is great to be back in the booth. And we are moving forward and we are doing good. I am really looking forward to our next collaboration. As we continue to go about our lives, may we remember that every day should be a day to promote autism acceptance and inclusion within our communities. Until autistic and neurodivergent people of all ages, abilities, and intersecting identities have the resources to be safe, healthy, enriched, and empowered to live their best lives possible, We need to continue advocating for positive change. Come join us as an Autism Empowerment Ambassador for Autism Acceptance. We appreciate you hanging out with us and thank you for your time. You've been listening to the Autism Empowerment Podcast. If you'd like to get connected with our community, as well as all the great support and content we have planned for the future, please hit the subscribe button and visit www.autismempowermentpodcast.org for show notes, transcripts, social media details, Spectrum Life magazine, and more. As a 501c3 nonprofit charity, we rely upon support from listeners like you to produce our podcast and other programs. We appreciate you leaving a positive review, sharing us with your friends, and considering a tax-deductible donation today. Thank you again.